Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Good morning, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, all of our social media outlets. Also, FinFanatic.com, as well as the Fan Sided Network. We are 26 days away from the NFL draft, and over really the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at position by position, who is available in the NFL draft and kind of looking at it through a Dolphins lens here. So if we talk about a player as eh, we wouldn't consider him in the fifth or sixth round, that doesn't mean that, you know, the Dolphins are thinking the same way or the league is thinking the same way. That's where, as far as the Dolphins roster is right now, where we would or would not take players. So we're going to start at the quarterback spot now. Um, And, Paul and I have always shared the belief, too, that even if you don't need a starting quarterback, you should always look at possibly drafting one every year. Because if you hit on that quarterback and you get somebody like we've seen, uh, you know, every four or five years, like a Tom Brady in the sixth round, or Tony Romo is an undrafted free agent, Kirk Cousins in the fourth round, Russell Wilson in the third round, Dak Prescott in the fourth round, you know, You've got six Pro Bowl quarterbacks over the last 20 or so years. And if you do that, the quarterback is making little to no money. And in addition to that, you can build your team around. So if you hit on one of these late round quarterbacks, it's a jackpot. The odds are small, Paul, but it's a jackpot. It really is. And I mean, I'm normally a proponent of taking a quarterback every year. This year for me, and I know we're going to talk about this at length, it's only if somebody slides late. Um, I like having Jacoby Brissett as the backup, as a capable starter that can step in. Uh, I want to see what we have in Tua, good, bad, or indifferent this year, which I think it'll be better than a lot of people expect. Uh, So for me, it's, yeah, if value slides to somebody that you think you can develop, and it doesn't have to be somebody you develop to be your starter eventually. They could be somebody you take in like the sixth round. You develop, say Tua pans out in every way that people hope. Then at some point in time down the road, you can take that backup quarterback and possibly flip them for a slightly higher pick. And we all know Greer plays 3D chess. Uh, it, it's, I think we've basically come to that conclusion at this point. So, yeah, if, if the right value is there at the quarterback position, absolutely take the guy. Hey Dolphins fans, this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper, for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, 
boosting your energy and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it's friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we've been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. We're offering up to 15% off when you use code MINUTE at earthechofoods.com slash minutemedia. Follow on Twitter at the Danette May and at Earth Echo Foods. You bet. And we'll take a look at some of those players here. And, and you're exactly right on that. Um, and yeah, the Dolphins are going into the season with two as the starting quarterback. I mean, that's, that's, you know, especially with the recent Deshaun Watson developments here, that that's, that's been all but decided. Um, and then you're going to have Jacoby Brissett as the backup and that third quarterback here, that's where the competition could be in play, even if the Dolphins roster a third quarterback. And the reason we're starting with the quarterback as far as breakdowns is because we see it as really lowest on the needs chart. So nobody freak out that we're talking about replacing two on the show. We're not. Uh, but as far as, as the quarterbacks in general in this draft, Paul, it's, it's going to get crazy there really in the top eight selections because – you know, we all we don't have to talk about Trevor Lawrence. He's going number one. That's been decided. I, I don't care what anybody conspiracy theories of what anybody says out there. Um, number two, it looks like it's going to be BYU quarterback Zach Wilson to the Jets. Um, that that's not a hundred percent, but all arrows are pointing in that direction. Where it gets interesting now is that third pick, the one the Dolphins had, and now the 49ers have because. I, when when they made the trade, I thought no brainer. It's either Justin Fields or it is uh, Trey Lance. But you know, you you listen to Adam Schefter, you listen to Daniel Jeremiah. They say in league circles, the consensus is that the 49ers are going to go with Mac Jones at that spot. I I mean I, I it would be breathtaking if that happened for me. That makes me love the fact that we kept the 49ers pick in the trade with the Eagles even more. Um, it's Yes, he made some good throws at his pro day, but when you're throwing against air and you're consistently on pro day one under-throwing receivers, on pro day two over-throwing receivers, it's like, it's like Goldilocks and the Three Bears with Mac Jones. It's like, oh, couldn't throw it far enough. Threw it too far. And then maybe the third day he'll throw it just right. I mean, and he's not mobile. He, I'm, yeah, no, I'm good. You know, I'm I'm shocked too because when Mac Jones came in, you know, when Tua got hurt, and I watched him play, uh, you know, I think everybody kind of thought, okay, he's just a placeholder for Tua here at Alabama. And I watched him. I thought, no, I think he's an NFL talent. I think he can get a shot in the NFL. But like as a second or third round pick. Now you start talking about him as a top three pick in the draft. It's like, no, no, okay, this has gone way, way too far. He's look, he's accurate. He played really well at Alabama. Obviously, he was second in, in Heisman Trophy voting uh, behind Devonte Smith as wide receiver. But I mean, you you, you talk about mobility. He, he's got very little of it. Um, his arm strength is good enough. And, and you talk about intelligence. Okay, yeah, he, he can. He probably is an intelligent quarterback here. He probably can process things quickly. But when you get to the NFL, you're still a rookie. And I don't think those things work in favor for you in the first year or two in the NFL. Yeah, and it's – I just 
Look, I think Bill Belichick said it best when the camera panned to him at, at Mac Jones's pro day, and he just went, Ugh, "No, no, <laughs> no." <laughs> yeah, and Kyle Shanahan also had that look, and I, I posted that video. Uh, his I don't big know, stupid if, face. Yeah, his big stupid face. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it was worry or if it was what it was or that's just how his face looks i don't know but anyway paul uh looking here at it i mean obviously the top three picks are going to be quarterbacks whether for the 49ers it's fields lance or mac jones so it, the way i look at this board here and and how it could benefit the dolphins is the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks pick number four that's where that's another spot you got to look at here so the two things to really keep an eye on a quarterback as it relates to the dolphins pick at six where is mac jones going to go and are the Falcons going to take a quarterback? Because they restructured the contract of Matt Ryan. So basically, he's guaranteed money here up into the 2023 season. They could do a Carson Wentz-like trade, but who knows on that? Um, so that's the other part of it, too, Paul. There at four, do the Falcons take a look at somebody like Kyle Pitts? Or are they going to go with Justin Fields or Trey Lance and sit him on the bench here for a year or two? For me, I actually think the Falcons stick with Matt Ryan. And I think that Carolina and Denver are going to be jockeying for that fourth quarterback. And I honestly think Carolina or Denver end up in front of Miami coming up, um, trying to go up as high as, as they can. Because obviously the Bengals aren't taking a, a, a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be the stupidest thing I've ever seen unless – Somehow between now and the end of the month, Joe no, Burrow's knee falls off. Um, yeah, it's not going to happen. No, exactly. It's uh, and then Atlanta. I I think Tom Brady keeps them in the Matt Ryan camp. And you look at the fact that Drew Brees and Tom Brady played until you know Brady's still going and Brees played until he was freaking one hundred um, and two. And you're starting to see some of these good quarterbacks stay on. So I think Atlanta sticks with Matt Ryan and looks to trade out there because I think they're fine with any of the top four pass catchers in the draft. So if they move down to eight or nine, they're good to go as far as that's concerned. So, yeah, I, I, that, I, don't, see, a, I don't see Atlanta taking the a quarterback. Yeah, that, that's a very good possibility there. Um as with with that fourth pick because yeah like like you said if the falcons move from let's say four to nine uh in the draft they they're still they're in perfect position to take a cornerback like patrick sertan or a micah parsons somebody that can really impact them on that side of the ball and, and i th- they've got a lot of holes to fill and it's not a great draft for what they need because quarterback and wide receiver are really where they're set so that would actually be something that if, if you're looking at the Dolphins, it kind of helps, kind of hurts. Where if if there's a trade up and uh, those quarterbacks go in the top four, because as it sits, the Dolphins, there's a possibility, say, Train Lance or Justin Fields fall to six. The Dolphins could maybe fall back two spots, three spots, get, let's say, a second or second and third round pick or something like that. Um and still probably come away with eh, they probably lose Kyle Pitts at that point, but probably Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle still. Um, 
is that something you would want? Or I've, actually, I'm, I'm asking the wrong person. I, I know you want to stay at six and take Kyle Pitts. Well, and, and so, Kat, I'm, I'm going to dive in on two quick things. And I, I, I forgot to mention these to you, and I, I'm not even sure if you saw these. Um, two promotional bits of material from teams that are out there, uh, being the top two teams in the draft, the, the Jaguars and the Jets. So the Jaguars got caught out. They used an outline of a quarterback for all their promotional materials. And I know they're not supposed to disclose who they're going after, blah, blah, blah. We all know it's Trevor Lawrence. They literally used a tracing of Trevor Lawrence. And they somebody put the tracing over top of Trevor Lawrence. And even the wristband matched up, the finger position, everything else in his throwing motion. Literally, they it was it was a there was nothing outside the lines. Like they didn't even just like change anything with it, which was hilarious. Like it's like the worst kept secret already, and it just got even worse. And then I want to talk about the Jets for a second. Because this could be something very interesting that hooks Miami up in a way that we haven't considered well, we've considered a little bit. Now, I told our listeners month and a half, two months, three months ago. I can't remember when it was because we've we've been talking about this for so long now. Um, I could see a realistic scenario where the Jets' smartest move on the planet would be to draft Penny Sewell. Um, that's not saying that they're going to, but this week the Jets put out their promo materials for the 2021 season and what went to season ticket holders, out on their website, all of that. There were literally shots front and center, right on the cover of everything, of Sam Darnold standing there front and center. So interesting. It it may be <laughs> you don't use that image to sell tickets unless you're committed. Um, so even, t- even if, even that, if that's take, something, yeah, it's it's even if they take a quarterback, I I think they might take somebody that. They're looking at for the long term that um, they want to develop behind Arnold, or they just they're committed to Darnold, or somehow the ticket department is nowhere near on the same page as the rest of the front office. I, I think that's it right there. Because possible, I, but you, I, I, I don't, I, I just don't see a pause. If you, if you stay, I mean, I could see. I mean, I, I just can't see how they don't come away at number two with the quarterback because you look at a week after the draft, they've got to make a decision here on um, on his fifth year option. And and if if they pick up that fifth year option, it's be twenty five million dollars. And so and I if you're not drafting a quarterback at number two to compete with Sam Darnold uh, and I, I can't see how. I didn't see the Jets limiting their head coaching search coming away with Sala, who I thought was a great hire to, you know, basing it uh, on, on who wants to work with Sam Darnold again, after two, after he has had two head coaches, Todd Bowles and Adam Gase fired. Uh, so well, Gase would have gotten fired anyway, but I, I I'd be shocked if it weren't Zach Wilson. Uh, it, it, it would be shocking to me, uh, but who knows? Joe I, Burrow, Zach Wilson, if they take him, uh, it, it... <sighs> They, they've got two linemen now. I forgot they signed a center this offseason. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it doesn't matter who you have behind that line. Like, it, it it's bad. 
<laughs> it's bad. Well, it's well. They, but Kai Becton's a star, and oh, yeah. I think the the rest of the right tackle they've got George Fant, who's not who's never been good. He's athletic, but never been good. Um, yeah, the rest of the line: Connor McGovern, you know, a couple of Ham and Eggers uh, along the way. Uh, not, yeah, not a great line, that's for sure. But but that's if a you compliment st- saying not a if, great line, if you pass on quarterback. And stick with Sam Darnold, who has almost more career turnovers than touchdowns to draft and solidify your right tackle position. I mean, what a, what a comedy that would be. And I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so that, that that's the way I'm looking at the board right now. At three, the 49ers are going with, with some sort of quarterback. But I do think you're right that the Broncos or Panthers could be battling to move up. Uh, and the Falcons would make a lot of sense. And I'm starting to get the feeling, too, at number six – Dolphins are just going to stay put and draft the best available pass catcher. And, you know, Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, I'd be I'd be thrilled with uh, at this point. Yeah, no, I, I would absolutely be thrilled with either of those. I and if if for some reason the two of them are gone, I'd be perfectly fine with the Slim Reaper or Jalen Waddle or Micah Parsons there. I mean, I know we did our top 18 board the other day, and guys, if you haven't watched it yet, go check that out. It's it's right out there on our YouTube channel or in our uh, podcast list right before this one. Um, so, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I do want a pass catcher or an impact player on defense um, at, at the top there. It, it's it's no secret I like Penny Sewell. Turtle arms are no. Uh, he, he's, he's a monster. And... I, I want somebody that's going to impact this roster. Yeah, you bet. And Petty Sewell would be the one uh, I'd want at six. He'd be he's still number one on my board. Yeah, his workout wasn't as eye-popping as I thought, but, you know, you say turtle arms. He's got 33 and a quarter arms. I mean, that's that's still, you know, longer than Rashawn Slater and Christian Derrissaw. But he didn't, he didn't blow the top off anything like I thought. So that's – but he did have 30 bench press reps – uh, did, did have an overall pretty good workout, but he's under six foot five. That was a little bit surprising for me. Anyway, we could we could talk about that for a while, but th- that's the point is if the Dolphins, in a worst case scenario, um, the Dolphins stay at six, they take a Devontae Smith or a Jalen Waddle and end up with a first and a third round pick in addition. Had you told me that back in December, November, that was going to happen, I would say I'd take that every day of the week. So it's for, for the Dolphins at pick six, it's either A plus or a minus as far as I'm concerned, unless they do something completely off the grid. Um, so speaking of off the grid, the quarterback spot, taking a look at the rest of these prospects after the top five and Paul, it's quite possible that we could have five quarterbacks go in the top eight and then not another quarterback taken until day three. Now, some of these guys may get shoved up the board because of how valuable the quarterback spot is, but there is a major, major gap between the top five guys and the rest of the class. There really is. It's The interesting thing is we've talked about Mac Jones, and he could go anywhere from number three overall to the second round. Uh, it's... I'd be very shocked if Belichick was throwing a smokescreen, shaking his head in disgust. At, at a pro day on camera as a, I just, but it'd be, it's, it'd be smart though. It would, but you know, I just don't take that one into account as far as like Belichick throws some good smoke screens. That's not one of them. Yeah. And hey. it, it, it was bad. 
Like it, it's absolutely bad. So, yeah, it, he could go anywhere uh, from from pick three to round two, and then Kyle Trask could actually go in round two potentially. There are a lot of quarterback starved teams this year, so there's a very big possibility that a lot of these guys go a little earlier than expected. Even even possibly Jamie Newman, who I know we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's it's so hard to put a finger on where these guys are going to go. I mean, just take a look at last year. You know, Jalen Hurts, I was talking about up into drafting. Like, this guy could go in the second round. This guy could go in the sixth round. I mean, it depends just how teams feel about him. I, I believe that once all 32 teams have decided they're not willing to say they're your franchise quarterback, there's no limit to how far they could drop. I mean, who would have thought last year, you know, back in January or February that, Jacob Eason would fall to the fourth round or Jake Fromm would fall to the fifth round. Nobody would have thought that. And, and they did because the league made their decision. Um, so Kyle Trask uh, and a few others fall in that same category. He could go in the second round and you look at Trask's production, 43 touchdowns at Florida this past year, six foot five, 239 pounds. He has great size and he climbs the pocket like a 10 year veteran. Um, it's, it's without question, that's his number one skill that he brings to the table. But I think he's going to have Chad Henney like problems when he gets to the NFL. He has little to no mobility. He ran a 5-140, which is very, very slow at the quarterback spot. And he plays like it, too. He's not going to escape out anywhere, but he does have a good arm. And I, I see this as a real solid career backup type. And then you have to ask, where's the value on that? So, it wouldn't surprise me if a team like the Bears or Washington took him in the second round and said, hey, let's see if we have a serviceable quarterback for a few years. But if teams see him as a backup, maybe you start seeing him fall into day three. Yeah, no, I, it, it's just absolutely goofy it, it, where some of these guys could fall. One guy that I'm going to touch on very briefly just because he didn't enter this year's draft because he got an extra year based on COVID is Dustin Crum out of Kent State was a guy that I was really hoping would come out, especially after only playing four games with, with the potential he had, with the mobility he had. I mean, he threw down 12 touchdowns in those in those four games and was really starting to look like somebody that took the next step. He had started to look like he took the next step in 2019, came out, was starting to do really well, um, and then COVID short and season. Uh, so I was disappointed he didn't come out because he's a guy I would really would have thought about targeting uh, somewhere after the fourth round. Yeah, in twenty the 2022 draft, it's so unpredictable from year to year. You've also got Sam Howell from North Carolina and, and a few other quarterbacks too. So, yeah, staying on this year's group here, you know, I'd say consensusly the quarterback after those top six with, you know, Kyle Trask being the latest one, Kellen Mond is – Somebody I've, I saw in a mock draft the other day going in the second round, and I just don't get it. Uh, I mean, I, I watch him, and I've watched a lot of games of him, and I've wanted to like him. Uh, and I've wanted to like a lot of these quarterbacks, but I just see a flat-out inaccurate quarterback. I mean, the ball comes out, especially as deep passes, they come out high, they come out low. It's, it's just not an accurate football that he throws. He's a good athlete. You know, he's a four, five, nine, forty type of guy. Uh, this past year, he only had three interceptions, so he he protects the ball reasonably well. But if we're looking at a developmental quarterback, I can't even say with a straight face if I'm if I'm the Dolphins, I would look at him in the fifth round. 
Yeah, I wouldn't look at him, period. Maybe as an undrafted to come in and see if you can correct some of the stuff, but he, he's he's too much of a potential uh, development guy, to, and you're really just developing to be mediocre at the NFL level. I, I, I am all set with him. Uh, one guy that really intrigues me, though, is Jamie Newman. Uh, he sat out this season. He was a guy that when I was watching Boogie Basham before last year's draft, I was watching a lot of Wake Forest. Um and, you know, Boogie, Boogie obviously went back. We've talked about him at length, but we're talking about the quarterbacks here. Jamie Newman just popped for me when I was watching that game. And it, it's he's got all the tools, but he needs to get the consistency up. That's the biggest thing with Jamie Newman is the consistency. And at the next level, he's one of those guys that I think could sit behind somebody for a couple years and come in and really surprise you. He's got all the arm strength in the world. He's got a lot of mobility. Uh, he he can make all the throws. It's just he'll come out and he'll wow you by bombing one down the field and, and hitting a guy mid-stride, and then he'll the next two plays he'll miss somebody by by about five feet. And yeah. It, it's, if he can get his consistency up, he's somebody that really could make some waves if given the opportunity down the road. Got it. Yeah. Newman, if you watch the second group group of quarterbacks and you just ask yourself, who has who has the best toolkit here? It it is Jamie Newman because he's 6'3, 235. He's got a good arm. His mobility is fantastic. And he knows when to run the ball when he's playing too. And that's that's an important part of it. Um and he's he's had a weird college career because he's he really had just one year of, of really good productivity in 2019 Threw for 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions had 500 something rushing yards. And we're talking about him, uh, not on the show, but you know, as be, he was being talked about as potentially a first round pick after he transferred to Georgia, they thought if they had to, he had a big year, he could have done that. Well, during the summer, you know, he starts competing with a guy named JT Daniels who transferred from USC and there were whispers there that JT Daniels was beating him out. And if that had happened, Jamie Newman, now we're talking about somebody who's not drafted. So the, the whispers were, and I don't want to say, I know this for a fact, the whispers were that Jamie Newman opted out of the season uh, very simply to preserve his draft stock. If he did, quite honestly, it was probably a good move on his part because he does have the tools and maybe he finds himself here still as as a as a fifth or sixth round pick, yeah, and I think he still would have gotten picked up somewhere, even if JT Daniels beat him out because of the fact that he's got all the tools, because of the tape he put up in 2019. Uh, it would have been later if he got beat out, and who knows? I mean, if JT Daniels beat him out, he could have unseated JT Daniels in week two or three of the season. We just there are so many unknowns there. Um, I, I yeah, I mean, another guy though that. I'm a big fan of, and I don't think he got as much credibility as uh, a lot of people would like to to, to discuss, is, is Davis Mills out of Stanford. Uh, he did not have a lot of weapons. He had Fajoko, who's a wide receiver I'm kind of high on, kind of not. You watch Fajoko against air, he's phenomenal. You watch him in pads, he tends to fall down after catching the ball or to catch the ball a lot. So it's kind of interesting. So, I mean, Davis Mills didn't have a lot to work with at Stanford. He really did not. And he put up some good numbers in limited action. I mean, he only had 13 starts at the college level. He showed a lot of the skill sets that you want to see from a quarterback. He's got the size. 
He's not your most more mobile quarterback, but if you watch Stanford's Pro Day, he was slinging it all over the field with accuracy and touch. Uh, and, and he's a guy that would intrigue me if he's there in the sixth or seventh round. Sure. And you take a look at this quarterback class here, the number that the number one high school recruit in 2017 at the quarterback spot was not Trevor Lawrence. It was not Justin Fields. It was Davis Mills. And he's somebody that, that again, kind of a strange college career uh, didn't play a lot this past year. He had 18 touchdowns to eight interceptions, but also that Stanford offense (laughs) is not really, it's not the same as playing at Oklahoma or Georgia. You know, you're playing in a more constricted environment. But, yeah, w- when you see the tools, you see the size, 6'4", 212, spins a pretty ball, and he does have the arm strength. It's The other part of that, too, is is this kind of a guy that, you know, I look at like, okay, you draft him in the fourth round. He doesn't stand out in one particular area. He doesn't have that X factor to his game at all. And you're, you're, you're throwing away a pick just like a Jarrett Stidham or a Mike White or, you know, a, a lot of other guys here. So, yeah, but if you were the Dolphins' fifth-round pick, I, I, you know, I could I could understand it a little bit. Uh, I think he'll end up going a little bit higher than that when it's all said and done by, by a team that's looking to develop somebody there in the back end. So, yeah, not much separating these guys. Sam Ellinger from Texas is a fascinating guy because it seems like he's played at Texas forever. Um and he's got the stats to back it up. I think he's got over 10,000 career passing yards. And when I was watching him, um, uh, you know, the, the popular comparison is Taysom Hill. And I can see that. He's 6'2", 220, good athlete. You know, he, he, he's legitimately fast at the quarterback spot. He reminds me a lot of former Dolphin Tyler Thigpen, who at one point I stood on a table for. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, with Allinger, when I was watching him, he has a he's he's a fast quarterback he gets quick into his setup and you know a good arm motion and everything i remember finding myself writing down and watching ellinger he looks good until he throws the football <laughs> like and that's how i how i feel about the guy like as soon as he throws if you watch game tape of him the ball is going all over the football field uh which isn't isn't a good thing, but also as a prospect, I'd rather reel him in than try to develop something that isn't there. Yeah. I, I, there's another guy I want to talk about actually real quick. I wish you could put Ellinger's mobility or Ellinger's mobility and ability to read a field into Felipe Franks, body uh, out of Arkansas, because Felipe Franks is a big old hulking monster with a cannon for an arm who can't read a defense to save his life. And it's it's unfortunate because if you can't read a defense, I don't want you at the pro level. Uh, Unless you can run your little butt around enough that somebody's going to eventually get open and you can hit them. Like, there's just no way around it. So Felipe Franks is completely off my board for this draft, even though I know some folks have him ranked higher than, than Sam Allinger or even Ian Book. We certainly agree there because I watched two games of Felipe Franks. Uh, you know, he was a transfer from Miami, um, high expectations. And yeah, you're talking about somebody who's six foot six and, and ran, I think a four, five, eight. So he's definitely got the wheels. I mean, maybe he has a Logan Thomas like transfer here to the tight end spot. I I'd recommend that for him. I mean, I watched two games and I, I had to turn it off. I, I was like, I've, I've seen enough. Like this guy, this guy can't read the field. He can't hit the broad side of a barn. I'm, Luckily, Not even for, as an undrafted free agent. 
Luckily, he throws it hard enough that the defense can drop the ball a lot. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Um, Ian Book as well. I go back and forth about does he have just enough of an arm to be a backup candidate? And if he is, I think he'll stay around in the league for a long time, like a Chase Daniel type. Um, I I see him going undrafted. Maybe someone takes a look at him there in the seventh round because he's a competitive guy he's six foot tall 210 pounds so he's not he's not completely off the map in terms of his measurables but probably not somebody i'd, I'd want to mess with um either here even if we're talking about the seventh round so paul looking at these quarterbacks that we've talked about here in the 2021 draft if you had to rank them you know really you know the ones we've talked about kyle trask Mills, Davis Mills, Jamie Newman, Sam Ellinger, Kellen Mond, Ian Book, Felipe Franks. How, how would that look? All right. So I'd probably put Jamie Newman and Sam Ellinger and Davis Mills in that. Got it. So, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to break, break out how I've got my, my quarterback ranks. I'm going to have to go, go for to the top guys real quick. Trevor Lawrence, class all his own. That's tier zero, right? We're not even going to call it tier one. That's tier zero, right up, up above. It, for one, it's unattainable. For two, it's above the other guys that are going to go top five in the draft. Uh, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance are, are your tier one guys. Mac Jones is your tier two. Um, Kyle Trask, I do am not as high on him as some folks are. You look at when his top three weapons sat out of a bowl game, and he looked like garbage. It, it's... I think he's a product of his weapons. Uh, I mean, it's... You've got two guys that are going in the first round in, in a tight a tight end slash wide receiver, Kyle Pitts. We've talked at length about him and what, what a difference maker he is. You've got Kadarius Toney, who could get open in triple coverage. Uh, with his weird moves and all that. And then uh, I can't think of the name of the guy later in the draft, but I do like him. Trevon Grimes. Right. So it's, you know, you look at the weapons that Trask had, he should be putting up numbers that have him in that top five conversation, and he's not. Like, any board out there, he's not a round one projection. It's, you know, he's a maybe day two pick, and – so for me, he's he's a lot lower than, than some of these other guys. I'd put Davis Mills and Jamie Newman in that Tier 3. Uh, Kellen Mond, Kyle Trask fall way down for me. Um, Sam Ellinger and, and Ian Book are that Tier 4, but it's well behind Davis Mills and Jamie Newman. Um, and Felipe Franks. Yeah, off the map. I, you know, enjoy working for UPS, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I think that's a good breakdown there. I, I'd say the way I have them. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Trevor Lawrence, you know, completely in a class of his own going number one. Then I, I would say if I had to rank them, I, I'd go Wilson, Trey Lance because of the upside and field slightly behind, but I, I don't, I like all four. I think they deserve to be in the top 10. Then Mac Jones, I, I like less. I mean, I still think he's a second or third round talent. I'm surprised we're even having these conversations about him. Then major drop off and then into that next group. I'd put Trask um, uh, at the top of that next tier. 
is simply because I think he'll be a, a very good career backup who will get some opportunities. I think he's, I, I think he can have a Chad Henney like NFL career. That's where I think he's going to end up. Then after that, I've got Davis Mills and Sam Ellinger close. Ellinger is a mess, but at least he has the traits in terms of his mobility, uh, his experience, where if you maybe fix the footwork a little bit or tweak this, he can make NFL throws. Uh, Davis Mills, you know, has the arm strength, has the tools, could be kind of in Trask's territory too. Kellen Mott, I think, is the most overrated of the group. Um, I, I wouldn't draft him until the late rounds. I think he's had his opportunities there. Jamie Newman, um, I, I've he's just messed up too much to me to – to consider uh, he didn't have a good senior bowl week either that was a big deal as well and you know the the opt-out was that really about COVID or was that trying to basically bypass getting benched as as Georgia's quarterback I don't I kind of think there's there's too much smoke there with with that but he does have the toolkit and then uh, Ian Book uh, Felipe Franks I probably wouldn't draft so I, I would say if I were to put value on any of these picks potentially for the Dolphins Maybe Sam Ellinger falls to the seventh round and, and you take him there at pick 231. That would be a pick that I would look at and say, okay, I think there's some value there. But other than that, I, I don't see where the Dolphins would draft any quarterback in this draft. And I think that's why in all of our mocks we had, we never had the Dolphins taking a quarterback. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very weird year to evaluate quarterbacks uh, based on the number that are, are up at the top based on the fact that there are so many quarterback-hungry teams, and and really based on the fact that COVID shortened a lot of seasons, had a bunch of opt-outs, and you name it, and, and the quarterback position is one of the hardest ones to evaluate for a lot of folks anyway. Um, for me, I don't want anything beyond developmental at the position. And, you know, I, I would kick the tires on Jamie Newman only because I think the tools are there. And there's let me no let me rush. stop you there too, Paul, because I, I this is important. Uh, where would you take Jamie Newman? Would you take him? Would you think more with the Dolphins' picks? Would you be comfortable taking him at one fifty six, or hope that he falls to the seventh round? I wouldn't. I mean, with the Dolphins' picks, I'd probably say seventh round, but I'd be willing. It, <laughs> I think Miami's going to be doing some wheeling and dealing. I their picks aren't going to settle where they are, especially those late round picks. Uh, I think they're going to possibly deal a few players as well for, for late round picks, not just this year, but next year. Uh, if Newman is there in the sixth round, absolutely take him. Uh, it, it's You've got the luxury of developing him behind Tua and Jacoby Brissett at this point. And, you don't have to rush his development in any way. And I think Miami is huge on guys with tools that need development and coaching. And that's exactly what Jamie Newman is. You bet. He de he definitely has the skill set. And, you know, that's really all I have to, to say about this quarterback class. Because, listen, we're starting this these positional breakdowns really with the positions that are lower on the Dolphins' needs. And quarterback is that position. So we're going to talk about the interior defensive line class next, and we're going to keep going all the way up to the wide receiver position because we don't want to we don't want to get three weeks. We don't want to talk about the pass catchers, you know, three weeks before the draft. But we're also going to keep grinding through these positional breakdowns here. So when draft day comes, Dolphins fans, you're going to be prepared for what happens 
over those seven rounds. And that's going to do it for our breakdown here of the quarterback spot. Be sure to join us here on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as finfanatic.com and the fan-sided network. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. That's fanatic with a PH. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.